0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have an amazing guest, and today's show is being recorded in front of a live audience at the Ottawa Real Estate Investors Organization. Our guest is none other than the best-selling business author of all time. And he's someone who really needs no introduction. As he's just getting in his chair here, I'm going to take a moment and kind of share a little bit about what Robert means to me. I've got to know Robert over the last several years and he's an extraordinary individual. He's not just an extraordinary teacher, he's actually an extraordinary student. You know, when we spend time together together, Sometimes he's up on stage, sometimes he's in the audience, and he's taking notes, and I love that about him. One of the things that Robert teaches that I love is the idea that there are not two sides to a coin, there are actually three. And the art is in standing on the edge of the coin, looking at both sides before you figure out which side you want the coin to fall down on. So with that, I'd like to welcome the best-selling business author of all time. Welcome, Robert Kiyosaki.
1: Hey, Victor. It's been years and years and years. Everybody, I have tremendous respect for this guy. He's a fantastic human being.
0: Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Robert, there's so much to talk about. I mean, there's so much in the news. Uh, I know you did a segment recently with Jim Rogers about the whole question of the m- amount of money that every government is printing. What's the consequence of that for us and for the next generations?
1: Well, stepping back in time, I... I started the rich dad company because I saw this time coming and that was back in the nineties, but I didn't think it would be this bad. You know, I, I had, I knew it was going to be bad, but not this bad. And you're know, talking about standing on the edge of a coin and seeing both sides. There's no sides anymore. I mean, everybody's just yelling and screaming at each other. So it's the most insane time I've ever been around which only inspires me to buy more gold and silver and Bitcoin and you know, to keep doing what I was doing because you know, as I mean, everybody knows this, is that the GDP of America has gone down, but the debt has gone up. So as the debt goes up and the GDP goes down, that is not a good sign. So at this time, if you're investing for the long term in the stock market, you might be in serious, serious trouble because the stock market's only gonna stay up as long as the Fed and the treasury can can keep shoveling cash into keeping the rich richer, but it's screwing everybody else. So this Black Lives Matter, this COVID, they wanna dethrone, they take away the police. What the hell has happened to our country? Do you know, and I'm, I'm afraid to say anything. And it's really pretty outspoken, but, you know, I'm afraid to say anything now because it's my mob rules, but that inspires me. I just bought more gold today and I bought more Bitcoin and nothing has changed on the investment side. I'm just keeping my mouth shut.
0: well you know uh, you talked a little bit about the stock market it seems to be completely disconnected from the economy it's like the market's doing one thing and the economy's doing something else and there's no connection between the two i'm i'm genuinely frightened for people that have a, a very large amount of their retirement tied up in the stock market
1: well hopefully the fed and the treasury will keep it propped up but the question is and you know it may go on for another 10 years but that's us you guys are in canada i mean I hate to say this, I love Canada, you know, I, mean, I, I cut my teeth on the Vancouver Stock Exchange, and the Toronto Stock Exchange. I feel more at home in Vancouver than any place else, but your government's up. <laughs> I mean, this, this guy Trudeau, where did they find him? You know, I, mean, I can't believe this guy. And uh, Is he anti, I mean, he and this guy Gavin Newsom out of California. They should put on Mao outfits and march on Tiananmen Square or something, man. They're a bunch of commies. So i I don't know what to say to you guys. I mean, you have the biggest gold reserves in the world, but you have no gold in reserve. What is wrong? And, and 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 then you have the biggest oil, you know, oils, oil sands, and everybody wants. This guy doesn't like oil. So anyway, it's the most confusing time there. Victor, it's the most confusing time. As I said, I, I, I wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad just for this time, and I am just I just have to watch what I say because I get attacked for anything today. And you know, it's, it's right down the street for me is where Neiman Marcus is and Apple and all that. And they've been trashed. You know, and they say, well, it's because of Black Lives Matter. I said, no, that's criminal behavior. You know, Protesting is freedom of speech, but to loot and steal is criminal, but I can't say anything. Something's really sick, and something sick, very, very sick. So that's why I don't know. Nothing's changed.
0: <laughs> so for the investors, and you know, at, at this stage, you know, you're looking to protect your assets. You're looking to protect uh, from deflation of the dollar, um, from inflation of the dollar. Uh, you're, you're looking to protect your assets. For someone who's just starting out, who's looking to grow, what do they do? Do they jump into the market? Do they start flipping houses? Do they wait for distressed assets? What do they do?
1: Well, I think, you know, I mean, you have to look at a macro picture. And right now it looks like Hong Kong will be shut down. And and they're going to shut Hong Kong down to keep the Chinese money inside of Hong Kong. Now, the Chinese are pretty clever people. And they'll figure out a way to get, they'll figure out ways to get that money out of that country one way or the other. But it's going to crypt things for a while you know, when they shut it down. And a lot of investing today really has to do with what kind of currency you trade in. So you trade in the, the Looney or you trade in the Aussie, you're in serious trouble because your, your primary customer is Chinese. And uh, you know I'm Asian, but I'm Japanese. Chinese and Japanese are not the same people. You know? We're not the same people. We have different value systems. And uh, you know some of my best friends are Chinese. So when I when I took a company public on the Toronto Stock Exchange, it was a it was a it was a company in Dalian, China. And as soon as we struck gold, the Chinese government took it. So you know when people say, well, they take intellectual property, they'll f- take anything. So that's that's really what's happening. And then I think what's kind of interesting is right down the street from me here in Scottsdale, they're looting they're looting Neiman Marcus, they're, lo- they're looting Apple and all this. And I'm kind of cracking up because Wall Street's looting our pensions, you know? Our defined benefit pensions our defined, and our 401ks, they're being ro- robbed blind. But the average guy can't even see it. They're, they're just all caught up in all this social unrest. And I'm not saying it's not legitimate. But there's a, bigger, there's a bigger heist going on, and it's pretty dangerous right now. But again, I haven't changed my strategies at all.
0: Now, I mean, one of the things you've talked about recently, there's been a lot of discussion about the wealth transfer that's taken place between the middle class and the 1%. People rarely talk about what's happening at the 0.01% and how that wealth gap is really multiplied.
1: Well, what happens is the reason you know, Chairman Powell and the U.S. Treasury prop up or have stimulus packages is to get money via BlackRock into Wall Street. And that money goes into guys like Bezos and Zuckerberg's money. So it's all free money flowing into the richest guys on earth via the stock market. And so meanwhile, the average guy is... <laughs> Looting the Nike store hoping for a you know new pair of Nike shoes <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Wall Streets just ripping everybody off so it's kind of an interesting time so the reason I've always had the attitude that why well, I, I, I can't I can't expect Wall Street to take care of me and I can't expect the Fed to take care of me I can take care of myself so if you think about it you know you know on the on the US dollar they have that Seeing eye on top of the pyramid, well, that's the Fed. That's the Wizard of Oz, you know? And uh, it rolls downhill from there. So the sad thing about it is the guys at the very top get money for free. And the poor middle class, they get money at, you know, like if you have credit card debt, you're getting interest rates at 30%. And if you have payday loans, it could be as high as 1,000%. I don't know, I've never had a payday loan. But the whole monetary system is designed to screw the uneducated. And I think what we're seeing right now is the revolt of the losers and all the people who have been screwed because they've they've never taken responsibility for their money. And so they now think that looting stores is the way to get their money back. You know, you can't say anything against Black Lives Matter, because if you do, you get attacked. So I'm going, jeez. What's happened to us? But I'll say it again, nothing has changed for me. It's just gotten it's a lot worse than I thought
0: it would be. Let's, let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about something that's both personal and universal. Putting together the right team is the path to succeeding. And I know that even for yourself, when you had the wrong people in your team, it, it hurt your business. It maybe hurt your reputation. Talk a little bit about how you figure out who to get on your team and what to do when you find out you don't?
1: Well, I've had, you know, like when you have a bad partner, there's probably nothing worse, you know. And um, the last two partners we had, my CEO and my president, they ripped us off for about 20 million bucks. And uh, thank God my wife stepped in, Kim, and she cleaned out the rat's nest. You know, Victor, I, I just don't know how people can steal. I just don't know that. And uh, not that I'm on the short list for saint, but I can't come to work and be stealing from the people that are paying your checks. And those people today are so desperate, so, so desperate. And so it's, it's more than just money at this point. There's, I think people are really out for themselves. So the thing about a team, I think your team becomes more important than ever before. And uh, you've met most of my team members, like Kenny McElroy and Tom Wheelwright, Garrett Sutton. We've been together for years, and I go to to battle with those guys. Andy Tanner, Josh Josh and Lisa Lennon. So there's a fabulous team. And that becomes your number one asset, your your most important asset today, because there's so many thieves out
0: there today, so many thieves. One of the things that I love about what you do with your team is you run simulations i mean cash flow is a simulation uh last year on the summit garrett sutton did a simulation with us that was incredibly powerful i mean i i didn't expect to learn as much as i did of doing a mock lawsuit and and he basically taught us wow, here's what can happen in a real lawsuit it was an Im- incredible incredible simulation yeah i love the experiential learning that's one of the things that you do extraordinarily well is teach through experiential learning.
1: Yeah, because that's real learning. That's why I really hate school. You know, my whole family are school teachers, and they they know all the answers, but they can't do a thing. That's what they say. Those who those who can do, those who can't teach. There's a lot of truth to that. You know, they they know all the answers.
0: You talk a little bit about your team. I, I know, for example, you have Garrett and Tom Wheelwright together, both your lawyer and your accountant, and you consult them together, not separately. And, and I find often it's very difficult to get those two people in the room together, certainly in my case, getting the lawyer and the accountant together. And, and they often speak across purposes.
1: Yeah, the hardest thing is that accountant-attorney uh, relationship. That's why Garrett and Tom are uh, exemplary. They're fantastic. But the key to anybody's team is your bookkeeper. And it's, it's taking me years to realize this, but I, when I interview somebody, somebody comes up to me and they say, I'd like to talk to you about a business opportunity. One of the first questions I ask is, who is your bookkeeper? And if they say, well, my husband's my bookkeeper or my wife's my bookkeeper, I'm out of the deal immediately. And the reason for that is I don't think they value how accurate the numbers have to be. And accuracy doesn't really count that much when you're small. But the bigger you get, the more more accuracy counts. So I've I've given up trying to educate a non-business person on the importance of that bookkeeper. So the so the so a good thing I'm happy to report is our bookkeepers and our accountants and our attorneys they, they function extremely well. I, I operate with Ken McElroy on the. Real estate side, but it really is a team sport. Anyway, it's just the most important thing, especially today. Especially today. If you don't have people you can trust, you're in serious trouble.
0: One of the things you taught me about the bookkeeper that I remember and it stuck with me for a long time is you said it's not just the accuracy of the books, it's they don't have an emotional stake in it where you as the business owner do, and it, it colors the way that you do the bookkeeping. And it was that emotional component. That's when it really clicked for me.
1: Yeah, it's, um, we had, you know, Kim and I told the story of Betty the bookkeeper, and she was our little bookkeeper up in Portland, Oregon. And Kim and I were deeply in debt, and Betty insisted we pay everybody else first. And Kim says, no, we pay ourselves first. And that was a major, major, I mean, God bless Kim. She just went went toe to toe, tooth and nail with Betty because Betty is a poor person. She wants to pay everybody else first. She doesn't pay herself first. And I, and it's easier said than done because we're so conditioned if we're responsible citizens that we should pay our bills first, but then we never get ahead that way. So that, so that's, that's really, that's, it's a discipline thing. And, uh, you know, like, anyway, that's, that's just it. And we also talk about, when I'm talking with my team, we talk about the difference between in leadership styles. So most Americans, as you know, we think of leadership as gridiron or football or Tom Brady and the Patriots. That's a corporate style where the quarterback calls all the plays. But the style that I, I've adopted is more the rugby style where it's a team of leaders playing as a team. And nobody's calling the plays, it's just moving in sync like a, like a herd, moving up and down the field. And then there's people who are golfers, and they're gonna do it on their own no matter what. And you, you really can't change that in a person. You know, there's there's only one thing in life that counts, it's them. And so they think only of themselves. So it's, it's an ongoing educational process. Like this, this Friday, I sent my team three videos. You know, One is from the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy where I went to school. The second is a 25-minute video that they take men and, what, men and women and they turn them into Marines. And it really pushes a lot of buttons because women, Marines, are expected to battle men up front. You know, there's no quarter. because Just because you're a woman doesn't mean you don't go to battle. And so you have men pounding the crap out of women and women pounding the crap out of men. And, you know, and then, oh, it just violates everything. And then the third video is what in the Marine Corps we're, we're taught as an MAU, Marine Amphibious Unit. And it's a picture of a landing crafts coming in, launch boats coming in, helicopters flying in, Jets flying in and all this, so we're always we're we're coordinated to operate as a team, and we're we're taught to operate without egos. So uh, I don't know if you ever met my friend. He's General Bergman, three star. He was my roommate on the carrier in Vietnam, and he and I talk about it, but very few people get it. Is a Marine private, is no different than a Marine general. They don't understand that. We're the same person, just the ranks are different. Whereas in corporate America, they bring in a guy from Harvard, you know, and they rip people around, they bring a guy in from Stanford. But Marines are Marines. We operate as the same same group. So it doesn't make a difference whether you're a private or a general. We're all the same person, egoless, but we fight as a unit. And that's a, that's a difficult, um, concept to put across to people in business, because people have gone to traditional business school where the A student has more power than the C student, or the person that went to Harvard has more power than somebody who went to Stanford. It's all bullshit. So it's ego.
0: Well, Robert, I know you're on a schedule today. So thanks for spending a few minutes with us and for sharing your wisdom. And any closing words? Well, you know, it's a great
1: time to be alive. Really, really a great time to be alive, if you can if you can handle it. <laughs> thank you.
0: Well, thank you, Robert. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.